Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey everybody, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the benefits of alcohol. I know that sounds weird, but there are some actual benefits. The problem is the benefits are long gone very shortly after consumption and we end up paying for the consumption long term downstream. And we're gonna have an honest discussion about what that costs so that you can make some powerful decisions about your health. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wenzel, joined once again, with the lovely and talented Jen Justice. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Doing? I'm good. How's your life? It's a wonderful. It is a wonderful life. It is. We uh, got lots of really great things going on in real life mm-hmm. uh, with the practice. We're growing and have some amazing announcements that by the time this comes live will probably be common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, we're hatching evil schemes. Hatching evil schemes. For good. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode is the benefit of alcohol. Um, a little twist and ironic in the name, um, but it really is about exploring um, the subject of alcohol, alcohol consumption, and its role and function, uh, its role and place in one's health journey. And just an honest discussion about it. I think that it's time. Uh, you know, interestingly, what, what motivated this, besides the fact that it's super important to talk about, is like four years ago, I did a video mm-hmm. at this desk, just with a camera and a whiteboard, and just decided I was going to make a video talking to a camera, no script, and it was long form. And it's lived on the internet for a long time, and but recently it has just been exploding with engagement and um, sharing, and um, so I think that's a pretty good sign that folks want to talk about this. Yeah. And so I use that as a, a motivator to, to create a, a useful piece of content that I don't think we talk enough about mm-hmm. on this particular show. Certainly in our real life, we talk about it daily, mm-hmm. probably. I mean, there might be some days where it doesn't come up, right? Yeah. But with our private members, I mean, alcohol consumption, if you consume alcohol at any level, this is just a conversation about how to think about it. Mm-hmm. This isn't really for anyone who doesn't consume alcohol or maybe once a, or twice a year might have a drink. If you're curious about the topic, it might be useful to you. But this is really about if you're consuming alcohol and you have goals that you are trying to achieve in your health, you're likely underestimating its role. How should I therefore think about it uh, so that I can make some meaningful strategic changes in my health? Um, Jen, we start with the benefits of alcohol. And, and, and although that sounds weird, I, I have often said n- nobody drinks for no reason. Right. I mean, it's meeting a need. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about the benefits of alcohol. Or, or is there... What do you see as a benefit? Well, the two, the main, the main benefit has to do with its effect on the brain. And so um, there are two hormones, 
many hormones, but two main ones in the brain, GABA and, and dopamine, and they each have a pathway, so they kind of follow a little tree, if you will. Right. Um, but <clears throat> alcohol affects both of those. Uh, for, the, for the GABA pathway, it's actually a suppressive effect. Or no, excuse me. Right. Both of these um, hormone pathways are enhanced by alcohol. Yep. GABA is the hormone that slows us down. So yeah. it has a, a su suppressive effect. It relaxes us. It's a little it, counterintuitive. Stimulating GABA actually slows us correct, down. Correct, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the dopamine pathway is our pleasure center. So mm -hmm. as you've described it before, it's it's um, the hormone around our positive experiences. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned kind of sex and chocolate. So yeah, <laughs> like as a, as a bumper sticker, yeah. it's the sex and chocolate hormone. Right. It's that gives you the warm fuzzies. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly, it's also the predominant hormone in any addictive mm -hmm. behavior mm -hmm. the the behavior is whatever it is fill in the blank of the addiction but the addiction is meeting a need to create a dopamine response right and and the brain is just intoxicated with dopamine we mm -hmm. live for um, that pleasure mm -hmm. and that thrill and the challenge with addictive behavior is that it's it's a it's a hack mm -hmm. it's a it you used to have to work really really hard and long periods of time between these dopamine experiences. And now like, I'll take another hit, please. Yeah. I'll take another hit, please. And whether that's gambling or social media, social media or workaholism or pornography or drugs or alcohol, it's, it's meeting a need mm -hmm. by stimulating the dopamine to numb ourselves from some reality mm -hmm. that is creating pain yeah. for, for the human experience. And that's not really what this topic is about today, but that dopaminergic pathway at the extreme is also the hormone that we are trying to unpack that hormonal pathway in the addictive uh, and then in the recovery process. Right. Um, and so th that's interesting and, and worth pointing out, but like alcohol, the benefit of alcohol is it takes someone from a perceived less ideal state to a perceived better, better, more ideal state. Mm -hmm. um, for many people, it's landing the plane at the end of the day. It's a, it's a form of kind of unwinding, mm -hmm. and it works, and and it works really, really well. Which is why we're talking about it because it actually is ridiculously effective mm -hmm. at calming you down and creating a dopamine response. That's unfortunately that's just the first chapter of the story. Um, at the cost of what we're about to talk about in these next two sections. So what are the negative effects of alcohol? I think I'll let you speak to the, the first s subject within this category, which is its impact on one's weight journey, mm -hmm. um, you know, through its, its, its obviously the empty calorie, the s just speak to the like alcohol and weight at a high level. How does Jen think about, how does Jen talk about with her, her members about alcohol and the role it plays at a high level on the weight journey. Sure. Um, well, you know, when we're talking about nutrition, we can't ignore the role of macros in the diet, which are protein, carbs, fat, and alcohol is a macro. And I think it's left out of the equation a lot, especially in the social media kind of fitness world, because they believe... Um, that all calories are created equal, yep. right? Yep. We know better than that, that 
a calorie from a piece of broccoli is different than a calorie from an M&M, which is different from a calorie from a potato. So mm-hmm. they, they all have a different effect on our biochemistry as far as how those calories are processed and how they're deposited either to help us grow muscle, to help us you know, burn fat, or to help us, I guess, help us gain fat. Mm-hmm. We have that mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from from a calories perspective and um, how alcohol kind of follows the, the pathway in our body, it can can readily and easily be deposited as, as fat. And also you, you can't take out of the equation the sugary mixers that a lot of these things yes. come in. So, you know, many of us are fans. It rarely of, comes in as alcohol yeah. in isolation. Right. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. But there's usually other things that... Uh, are along for the ride that create downstream problems. Yes. Um, Usually because they're sugary Mm -hmm. uh, and creates an insulin response, elevated sugar and all that kind of stuff. Right. I've recently gotten some pushback on my rant about the the fitness and mainstream media talking about all calories created equal. And, and, uh, you know, while I may press on that, and people, when they hear that, even if they believe it, might say, I never said that all calories are created equal. Th- there, it, it is inferred that that is their belief system because the belief is that all calories, no matter their origin, go into one big calorie bucket. And your weight journey is nothing more than a math equation mm-hmm. of calories in, calories out. So the answer to everyone's weight journey is eat less, exercise more. Right. <coughs> and The calorie deficit is the goal. Right? Yes. To lose it weight. It is the North Star. Right. But there are plenty of people who are in a caloric deficit um, who have a long battle with mm-hmm. history. And what we now know unequivocally to be true is that each calorie, depending on its origin, protein, fat, or carb, or alcohol, mm-hmm. triggers downstream neurohormonal phenomena. Mm-hmm. And it's in large part the neuro hormonal environment that is driving fat making or fat elimination. Yes. Um, Not that calories don't matter. Calories certainly do matter. Calorie deficits and calorie surplus definitely are involved in the equation, but it's a far more biochemistry problem Mm -hmm. than a purebred math problem. Yeah. The second negative impact kind of as an extension of what we were just talking about Mm -hmm. is the impairment of the liver. Yeah. These are all connected. They, they really are kind of a continuum. Mm-hmm. They stand alone as interesting subjects, but they, they're woven very intimately into each other. The liver is one of the very most important organs that we have. It does. It is an unsung hero every day of our life from all of the toxins that it uh, filters, it processes from a metabolism, from a glucose creation, from like it. It's just so important. Yeah. Um, the problem is when alcohol shows up, it effectively shuts down the metabolic engine of the liver, specifically cholesterol metabolism, glucose metabolism, and triglyceride metabolism. And so while the liver is being bombarded with alcohol and being forced to process the alcohol and clear it, which it has an effective pathway to do that, it leaves everything else in the bloodstream and the things that you just ate to run unregulated and and um, in in dis in, in a in a dysregulation state, mm-hmm. um, and so triglycerides tend to be high in people who drink a lot. Cholesterol tends to be very high. They tend to have high 
blood sugar, high blood pressures. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very detrimental at the level of the liver. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's far more than the empty calories. Mm -hmm. And again, liver enzymes go up as well. Correct. (coughs) The other thing that happens is if you drink too much, you can become toxic and your liver will start spilling liver enzymes Mm -hmm. in your bloodstream as evidence that your liver has had too much. If that goes unaccounted uh, for, you eventually run out of places to put fat because you're not metabolizing it correctly. So you just stuff it into the fat. So you get fatty liver changes, mm-hmm. which is a major problem. Uh, fatty liver disease is uh, the number one cause of liver transplant on the planet. Yeah. It has surpassed uh, hepatitis, which is wild to me. Um, and so, again, as a recap, this is all downstream after we've got the benefit the reason we drank in the first place was the feel good and the land the plane this is all happening long after we've cashed in on the benefit (laughs) and often that benefit is over Mm -hmm. uh, and we're still paying for it Um, talk about brain impairment the third negative impact is really at the level of the brain Mm -hmm. and there are three areas within the brain that are worth mentioning that most people listening will say oh I have some experience with with that. (laughs) Well, the first one, we know we already touched on is the dopamine dependence. So that's a more of a um, positive effect, if you will, positive, negative effect. Um, The next one is sleep. But you Um, can develop relations. Your brain and the dopamine can develop an unhealthy dependence on the dopamine and make you. It's why people who struggle with alcohol genuinely crave it. Mm -hmm. They don't crave the alcohol. The alcohol is just the thing to get what the brain really wants. And what the brain wants is the dopamine. Yeah. The next one is sleep disruption. This one, um, this is probably the biggest reason why I don't drink regularly. <laughs> Every time I, I do, um, my heart rate goes up at night. My heart rate variability goes down. My poor little adrenal glands are just trying to pump that alcohol through. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm talking about like one glass of wine here and um, or tequila. And uh, <laughs> um, no judgment. I get a you know really low sleep score on my aura mm-hmm. ring because I just you know I'm tossing and turning all night. So it just really has a negative effect on sleep that can catch up with you. I mean, if no you question. regularly drink and have a few cocktails in the evening, and you're not fully recovering at night, yeah, you carry that lack of recovery into the next day. Mm-hmm. And if then if that day you don't fully recover, you get the chronic fatigue. Yep. Um, chronic inflammation, chronic, it, it becomes a real problem really, really quickly. This is a real deceptive one, Jen. Yeah. Um, for myself, uh, early in my journey, trying mm-hmm. to figure things out, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But like, if I'm stressed, I can't go to sleep. But if I have a cocktail before I go to bed, I feel less stressed. Therefore, I enter sleep more relaxed. Therefore, it's positive. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets very like deceptive and seductive because it In a less anxious state, it is easier to enter into sleep. Mm -hmm. But initiation of sleep, entering into sleep, is different physiology than staying asleep. And it it lures folks into sleep hygiene rhythms because it's easier to enter sleep. But then all night we're tossing and turning. Yeah. And like you, I measure my sleep and it's it's unbelievable. How much it's so frustrating because mm-hmm. you, know, you think like, oh, it's just one or, hey, it's been two hours. Just one. I should be clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. It's 
it's kind of binary. Like if there's alcohol on board, say past 5 p.m. and you go to bed at nine, like it's going to impact your sleep. Yeah. Your baseline heart rate will be up here. And instead of all night, your body showing evidence of recovering with variability, it it's stays up. Yeah. It just doesn't move, Mm -hmm. which is a real sign of strain. Yeah. Um, So. Um, so that's sleep disturbance and then brain function real, real quick. And this won't be a surprise to anybody listening. Cerebral cortex. Mm-hmm. This is our, the frontal part of our brain where all of our executive function, our decision making, this is where, what were you thinking last night? <laughs> I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing. Yeah. So you lose the ability in high levels to, um, make executive decisions, mm-hmm. uh, which fuels a lot of regret. Uh, the second thing it does is it uh, negatively impacts your hypothalamus, which is really a performance center. So wind sprints and being a good lover, not super good when you're intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just cannot perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then your cerebellum, which is in the back of the brain. This is our balance center. This is why, you know, people being pulled over do balance coordination testing mm-hmm. because we as spatially aware creatures need to have a sense of where we are in relation to other things. And when our cerebellum is being hijacked, we lose perception. None of those things are earth shattering, but I think this paints a picture that, man, this is an unfair exchange <laughs> to lean on all the time. Yeah. One of the things I say all the time is, look, alcohol is neither good nor bad. It just is. Mm-hmm. It, it has its benefits. But it has a clear cost. And whether you should drink or not, the answer is it depends. Mm -hmm. From a pure health perspective, there are no measurable benefits. Like there there are zero health benefits. Yet I consume a few times a week. Uh, So the benefits have to outweigh the risk in the moment. You have to to kind of audit this and and, and ask some really interesting questions uh, in one's health journey to whether this makes sense. But it just can't be worth it all the time. No. Like, there will be times when it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Like, this glass of wine or this really, really good thing or this, like, it's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And it's totally fine. And net positive, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, But when we, it's worth it all the time. Just like cookies. Cookies aren't good or bad or donuts, but like, when they when they fail to be something special, yeah, and they're just always available. Humans are not great at abundance. Right. We have <laughs> demonstrated that we are awful scrappy mm-hmm. when we have nothing. Yeah, we'll find a way, make a way. We will innovate. We will create new. We will not be denied. But when everything's available, we kind of decompensate. Yeah. When food or money or fame or connectedness, like fill in the blank on the topic. Mm -hmm. When it's at scale and available and free and no friction, we're not so good at managing that. We're not good at limiting those things. No. (laughs) So as we wind down this episode, Jen, I, I think this is an important conversation to have, but let's leave people with some action steps, some major takeaways. Um, where where would you tell someone to begin this journey? I think, as we nearly say on every episode, all progress begins with telling the truth. So looking at why, asking the introspective question of why am I drinking? 
Yeah. You know, maybe you need to step back and really look at what what need is this serving for me? Um, we, you know, we've already talked about four major areas in your life with weight, liver function, and your brain that this toxin affects. And is it is it worth it to keep consuming it if it's holding you back from your goal? And, right. and that leads to the second question, which is what is the goal? You know, yeah. if you're trying to lose weight and you're consuming, you know, two, three glasses of wine a night, that's going to impede your progress. It's likely going to out undo everything else you're doing mm-hmm. if weight loss is the goal. Yeah. If you're trying to sleep better, same thing. You know, it could be like for you, the missing variable that we just never addressed or didn't think of before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like those two questions alone can get somebody started. But you can kind of speak to how you help people that have answered those questions for themselves. Then, you know, how do you help them decrease their alcohol intake or? Yeah. So I always say, what's the goal? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wh- wh- what are you trying to achieve? And like, what is an honest assessment of what you're consuming? Right. Like, if you really want to make meaningful progress, we have to start with telling the truth. Yeah. So like, how much are you consuming? Mm-hmm. How often? And what do you actually want to achieve? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are important to you? Because I got all kinds of things that are important for me, for you. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if you don't see that it's important for you because you won't do what I think is right for you. You will only do what you believe you need to do. Yeah. And so... Um, so what are you trying to achieve? What are you actually consuming? And then audit for friction. Yeah. Like wh- where is there a disconnect between the way I'm behaving and the, w- the ideal self that I want to become? And where there's friction on this subject, um, it usually means we need to pull back. Mm-hmm. Some, for some people, it means we need to stop. Yeah. Um, and, and for a percentage of people, all they needed was some attention on this. Like, what the heck? Why mm-hmm. am I? I don't even... I'm just being lazy about this. Yeah. Like I'm going to instill some discipline here and it's easy. They set some parameters, different boundaries and they're off to the races mm-hmm. and it's, it's a non-issue Yeah. for other people. We're really uncovering, you know, the, the, a, a real deep rooted, um, issue mm-hmm. and they probably need some professional help. Yeah. And it might not be totally safe to to mm-hmm. pull back on their own mm-hmm. and so you know if that's you obviously you know this is not medical advice but it alcohol withdrawals can be very dangerous yes. it can be fatal it's one of the very few drugs or substances that when you're detoxifying you can run into some fatal situations mm-hmm. if it's not managed so right. inpatient rehabilitation inpatient detox might be uh, the next move mm-hmm. But for the most part, people, it's not something I'm ready to just stop all the way. But I also don't know that I have a massive, massive problem. Mm -hmm. I just want to be better. Yeah. That's where we spend a lot of our time. And and I just say, look, 50% reduction. Mm -hmm. You know, just pull back whatever, either in days of the week that you're consuming or volume per day you consume. Just 50%. Mm-hmm. If you drink four drinks a night and the idea of going a whole 24 hours without an alcoholic beverage causes you heartburn to start, cool. Don't start there. Then just do two. Mm-hmm. Just Or if you're like, well, if I'm going to have two, I'm going to have four, then that's a, that's a 
separate layer that will need to be addressed. But in the beginning, don't let that stop you. Just, okay, well then go from seven days a week to four. Yeah. And start there. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that that is an easy place to start for most people who aren't looking to totally, totally just turn away from it. Because those people will usually just right away just go. Yeah. And there isn't some major danger thing going on. Mm -hmm. Let's create some positive momentum. Let's get some quick wins. Let's pull back 50% and let's see. And then I like to layer in, let's track, let's be tracking your sleep. Recheck um, your blood work. You're checking blood work, mm -hmm. blood pressure, blood mm -hmm. sugars, these kind of things that are very, very measurable. Mm -hmm. and, and people will begin to see uh, body composition analysis. They'll start to see, man, this is so much more than just having more discipline around this subject. It's about this is really one of the critical elements that unlocked me to make these milestone type achievements that I actually want to achieve. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this for someone else. This is something I want. Right. And, and I think that's really an important variable because somebody has to want it. Yeah. You know, I, I can't want it for them. I mean, I do want it for them, but I can't want it for them more than they want it. Correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. And anybody who's had a loved one who has struggled, you end up often at this place where like, I'm, s I care about, why do I care about this more than you do? Mm hmm. And that's, a, that's an awkward place to be, and, and I find myself there. Uh, I know you do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a human thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually a sign that it's an unhealthy thing here. I, I, I care more than you. Like, mm -hmm. you've got to, at some point, pick this up and run with it. Yeah. Um, so I hope this is useful. Uh, you know, we are not bashing alcohol, but I think an honest discussion about what it is yeah. and what it costs, what its benefits are, I think I think it's an important way to think about this so that people can make uh, assessments about where there's a lack of congruency with their be their rituals daily and behaviors mm -hmm. and consumption with the things that they're trying to achieve health wise. Uh, and if there's any alcohol consumption at all on a regular basis, I just people are underestimating its yeah. impact. Right. Uh, I do. You do. We, it, it's easy to do. Yeah. What else you got, Jen? Well, I think for our members, they come into the practice looking to really live optimally. Right. I love the word optimization. Yeah. And, you know, auditing for this is very important. And just remember not to uh, underestimate its effect on your body. I mean, our, our body systems are delicate. They're, they're in homeostasis or balance, you know, most of the time. But this is a something that can really throw that off and um it, it might be something that you're just overlooking and find 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 the right person to help you figure it out yeah and culturally it can be really sneaky yeah right there's breakfast cocktails uh -huh. there's lunch cocktails we we drink when we're happy we're sad we're bored like um it's there isn't like visually in our society there isn't unless somebody is obviously intoxicated it's like, oh, they've had, to, there's some judgment going on. Yeah. But for the for the most part, culturally across the board, it's not weird to walk by a breakfast table and see somebody sipping a mimosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's where we are. Mm -hmm. um, so it becomes very difficult if the person navigating their own life is waiting for some feedback. Right. That there's too much. Yeah. 
So like it, it gets tricky. So I think just looking at this from like, what am I trying to achieve? And is it possible that I'm overlooking how much I'm actually paying for the yeah. alcohol? Yeah. Uh, and likely you'll find you're overpaying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> well, Jen, it's always a pleasure. I think this is a Same. super important topic. Very much. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be able to talk about it in a, in, in a just a candid way, mm -hmm. uh, in a, it is what it is. Um, and it's not good or bad. It just is, but it has a really, really underestimated dark side. Um, and I just, I hope people can, can see that and, and be able to look into what they're attempting to achieve and make some powerful decisions for their own life. Okay. Um, so Thank until you. We, we talk again next time. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.